invest in an A-class management with a B-class product than to a B-class management with an A-class product. Hello, and welcome to Corvinus Business Intelligence. Today's podcast is focused on the world of high ventures, a venture capital firm. We're just delighted to have as our guest on Corvinus Business Intelligence today, Danesh Slua, an investment director at High Ventures. This podcast was created and prepared by the Budapest Investment Club of Corvinus University's School of Business in Budapest, and we're speaking to you from Budapest, the stunning and historic capital of Hungary. My name is Theodore Boone, and I'm a member of the faculty at Corvinus University and one of your hosts for this program. My co-host for this podcast is Anita Hamar, co-chair of the Budapest Investment Club. Anita, please say hi to our listeners. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Danish, again, we're just delighted to have you today with us. Um, perhaps if you could start by telling us a little bit about High Ventures, its start, its activities, and we'll proceed from there. Okay, yeah. Hi. Hi, everybody. And first of all, thanks for the invitation. Uh, about High Ventures. So just to start with the basics, we are a venture capital fund manager uh, owned by the Hungarian Development Bank, which is a 100% state-owned bank for the, of the Hungarian state. Uh, High Ventures, actually, uh, in its form, is a four-year-old fund manager, which I would consider rather a young one, a young fund manager. But its story goes back in history for at least 10, 15 years. Uh, the predecessor of High Ventures was established in 1999, uh, but the activity really split off uh, four years ago when it was renamed to High Ventures and got a new mission of entering the Hungarian startup ecosystem with uh, financing uh, innovative startups uh, within, uh, within the country. As I said, we are, we are quite young. Typically, fund managers in the world and also in Europe are in a VC fund managers are considered to be rather young, but typically a four-year-old fund manager is still a very, very junior one. Although I will tell you in, in a few minutes, our activity hope proves that we are pretty experienced in our current uh, enterprise with our track record. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, and Anita. I know you have a whole bunch of questions you're you're hoping to ask, so please go ahead. <laughs> yes, I always have a lot of questions. Um, so, Dennis, you actually mentioned like um, Europe and other areas. Uh, can you tell us like what is the main differences between like uh, venture capital and especially like uh, like startup venture capitals in uh, Europe or in the US uh, versus Hungary and like the region uh, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, I will split the world into three regions. Let's say US, China, and and, and Europe. I don't say that there are no other regions, but just to 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 have those regions as a, as an example because there are crucial differences between the, the three approach toward venture capital. Let's start with the US where everybody knows that the Silicon Valley is bathing in money, private money for startups. You know, that's the source of the of the startup culture, the VC culture, where it started something like 30 years ago or even longer. What is typical for the US, I would say that there is private money. 
that is ready to take the risk of financing very, very, very early stage startups. And when I say very, very early stage startups, that means really the pre-seed phase, you know, the idea phase, I would say. So that, that's the US. At the other end of the line is the Chinese model, where there is also an ab- abundance of free capital. But there, it's hard, at, at least from this distance, it's hard to, hard, to different, hard to make a difference between state and private money. And there, there is Europe, the old continent, which is uh, trying to keep pace with the innovations with these two regions, I mean the US and, the, and, and China, trying not to lag behind the old continent be, between, uh, behind the challengers. However, here, private investors are less eager to invest in high-risk early-stage startups. Therefore, the EU and all the local national governments are stepping in to fill the gap, the financing gap. And that's, I think, very typical for Europe. I can tell you that 70% of all VC money within Europe is coming from either... uh, uh, 70%? 70%. 70%. That's a high number. (laughs) uh, Let's make it a bit bit more detailed. 70% of the fund managers are managing in a certain way of, of public money. When I say public money, it's either governmental or, or, or communal money. But, but you can find, uh, you know, this, this uh, let's say, states or resources everywhere, starting from, uh, from the Ireland, UK, to Germany, to all countries. And I have to tell you that the role of these, these public monies are even more significant at this part of Europe, in Eastern Europe, because here, the, the, the 3F, the friends, family and full financiers who are typically... The, the first round of, of the investors who has trust in a of trust in founder are coming from this these three Fs. But you know the the, the wealth these three Fs have in have in this region of, of, of Europe are much more limited than in the Western part. So that's where could you take uh, th- thanks sorry sorry to interrupt. Could could you um Take us through, it may be hard to describe what a typical deal is. I have the sense maybe every deal is is unusual in its way, but could you try to take us through a typical deal in terms of does it come to high ventures? People ring your doorbell, knock on your knock on your door, contact you, are are, are you out looking for possibilities? And then and then what are the basic steps to get from there to um, an investment taking place? And then maybe separately we can talk about about exits and that kind of thing. Okay, so let me just ask back: Is it the question of, of from the front of founder side, or or from other from our side, like investor side? From the high venture side. From the high venture high venture side. Okay, so first of all, we have a very good pipeline. So we have people knocking on our door every day. I would even say every hour, fortunately. Uh, but we all what, what we always start to look at. Deep, deeper is the human side. Obviously, we always need business plan, market study, competitors analysis, and so on, and so on, and so on. But what, what, what is at the end of the day is the major decision-making factor is the human side. How do we see, what is our view of the founders? That's really interesting, actually. So you think that 
like the potential is in the founder and not how like the startup is structured or their business idea i mean obviously the business idea always matter but um like one of the key concept there is is how capable let's say the founder is definitely you know business plans are come and go market studies change from the depending on the aspect you are looking at them competitors are changing to accommodate to such changing circumstances it it requires really an experience and good management and that's that's what sells a product you know a product will never sell itself but that's the management who can who can find the good market fit who can uh, pivot pivot uh, uh, a product if it doesn't uh, satisfy market need so it, it you know you see good and bad business plans but it's always the people behind who can turn the ship to the right direction but when everything goes right, wrong and and do you think that's also like true for like bigger companies like not on the like startup scale but like they already have an established business but they are looking for growth uh so there do you still because i i seen that you do invest in those companies as well yeah. uh so do you also think that like the management uh is the key there or there are other factors to it uh, There are other factors. I, I don't say that there are no other factors, but the key, <laughs> obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the key is always the management, you know. But you know, obviously, the expectation from the management is different at at the pre-seed phase, at the late versus a later stage. But it's always the management what 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 drives the business. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting uh, concept. <laughs> it is it is very interesting, and and what is challenging that there is no black and white for uh, for 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 understanding a management. Or to evaluate the management, there are no rules. There are no written rules that this is a good management, that is a bad management. Yeah, I, 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 in fact, I was going to ask in that area. Of course, you have their resumes, but sort of how do you get to know them? You take them out for coffee. You, you, uh, uh, I mean, how, how do you, that? Because I, I agree with Anita. It's uh, fascinating. It makes a lot of sense to me. You're you're investing in uh, to a significant extent the, the people in in effect. So how do you make how do you make that judgment? How, how do you get to know them? Yeah, it's very difficult. But you know, every management is prepared with a pitch. They start with a pitch, and if you don't interrupt them, they will go through the pitch as they practiced 20 times before. But what you can do is to challenge the management, and that's what we are doing actually. We are challenging each and every assumption. What is in the pitch? What is in the business plan? What is what, what the management says, and the reaction how they how they answer your challenge through the challenging questions you will understand how prepared is the management how does they how do they know their their market how do they know their their product how flexible are they if if they are if they don't have a, a ready answer how flexible are they to 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 to, to find something new to to find the right answer to find the right and it's not only the answer to us the answer to the market. So basically, it's a kind of iteration. You are trying to break the ice, take them to coffee, take them out to a coffee for a coffee, all different ways. Obviously, in these in these days when you 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 cannot have a face to face meeting, it's much more challenging, much more difficult. I really really miss the personal meetings because really the evaluation of the management starts with the first uh, handshake. And then when they leave the so it's room, it's a lot of psychology. <laughs> it's not just. It's a lot of psychology, a lot of psychology, and it's very challenging to, uh, you know, through these little screens we are sitting yeah. in front of the whole day. Uh, let me just ask you, like, because I'm not that familiar with high venture specific, like 
is it true for like other parts of Europe, uh, US, China, do you know, like one of the key factors is the management for them when they are like looking at investing in a company? I hope so. I hope so. We always try to say that this is a people business. Actually, there is a saying that we, we rather invest in a A-class management with a B-class product than to a B-class management with an A-class product. So I think it's these are pretty general rules at the very, very at the VC phase. Obviously, at later stage deals or private equity transactions, there are many, many other things, but the, the management I, I would consider, I did that also, private equity in the past, but the management was always, always the key priority or the key factor in, in making decisions. And, you know, so if a company wants your money, like funding, they should definitely have a good management. <laughs> they should like, definitely have a good management. And it's not it's not easy to say what is a good management. It's not the yeah. one who is the most friendly to us. Definitely. It's not the one. Mm. <laughs> and and would uh, High Ventures uh, invest if there is already other venture capital money investors involved in the company? Or does High Ventures kind of want to be the first ones in? Yeah, very good question. Thanks for that. It depends on at what age or what maturity is the startup at. You know, at the, at the pre-seed phase, which is the very first phase, the idea phase, we are prepared to invest on our own. The reason for that, because there are no other investors besides a handful of, of similar, with similar appetite like us, who is eager or, or ready to invest in, at the idea phase. So at the idea phase, which we call the pre-seed phase, we are prepared to invest alone. And that's, let's say, 90% of the cases when we invest on our own. Later stages, you know, all investors, also us, are eager or happy to share the risk, happy to have the other investors view. Because, you know, one view is just one view. If you have another view that and, and that contradicts yours, then you might consider to invest or not. But, you know, it, it's... It's the typical sheep mentality, if I can say. <laughs> we feel better if we are together or, 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 or if, we, if we share the same risk and if we have the same view of the, of the risks. Uh, mm. At least the risk is somehow divided. So <laughs> The risk is divided, yeah. And, and it, it's, it's much better to have somebody who, who shares your view on a management or a product or a market or whatever. Yeah, yeah but, but coming back to the question... Uh, and we cannot avoid to have other to, to have other investors because you know VC funding or startup funding is 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 a I don't know how to say is a series of, of fundraisings and it's not always and there are certain roles that a financier is taking at a company there are early stage finance uh, investors if the company matures then comes later then come later stage investors and they all live together if if a new investor comes in it doesn't necessarily mean that the previous one has to exit and do you come in with uh, usually equity or debt or a mix or uh, how do you approach that we come in typically with with equity sometimes we do that but you know it's it, we come in with that only in certain cases when we don't want to dilute the management at a certain time. So we leave the pricing of that bunch of money to a later stage uh, when the next, come, next, next round of investor comes in. Typically, we, we, do, we do equity, yeah. You mentioned that like other venture capital is like, how big is the Hungarian market when it comes to venture capital? How many investors are there who are willing to invest in like the earlier stages, uh, let's say, like when you cannot get a bank loan because you're not an established company? 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me split into phases because, you know, you just mentioned bank loan. You know, a company can take a bank loan when it's already a major company. It's not a, it's not a startup anymore. Uh, but before bank loan, there are certain phases. And let me just tell you the, these, these phrases I have already started to use. Like pre-seed is the very first phase. See, it's, it's typically a, a couple of ten, ten, ten of thousands of, of euros. Then come the seed phase, which can be up to one million euro. If we go further, there is the seed plus or let's say series A, which is typically five million euro. Then comes series B, series C. It goes up to a hundred million euro. And after the, when, when, you know, there is no more series like DEF and, and all, all, the, all, <laughs> all the other. Typically, then comes the, 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 the bank financing. So coming back to, the, to, this, uh, to this structure, within the pre-seed phase, I wouldn't say that there are more than 10 to 15 investors, institutional investors on the Hungarian market. There are angels, you might have heard the word angels, not only during the Christmas time, but, but you know, in the investment industry. But basically, if we speak about institutional investors, I would say that there are, let's say, 15 pre-seed phase investors on the Hungarian market. When we come to seed phase, let's say still another 15. And the higher we go in, in the rank, there are less and less investors on the Hungarian market. So I would say that there is not more than five Series A investors in the Hungarian market, and there is no one who is financing Series B or Series C rounds on the Hungarian market. For that, you have to really go to the, to the, to the global market. One more, one more question for um, this first segment. Uh, we're we're almost out of time, uh, but fortunately, we we have two more segments coming up uh, with you, Danish, which we're looking forward to. Uh, but the last question for this segment is: if you could talk a little bit about, uh, let's say there there's a group, uh, the a human, <laughs> a group that humanly appeals to uh, high ventures, and obviously their business proposal is appealing, and they've made it through this initial vetting process. Is the next official step to sort of sign kind of a term sheet or to go kind of straight to the, uh, to the uh, investment? Um, how does that work? Typically, you know, we start to know each other. And by the time we are going deeper and deeper until we reach a point where we are confident that, okay, let's go ahead with the investment. And then we come up with a term sheet. A term sheet is a piece of paper, typically a couple of uh, sheets of paper that, that uh, describes the major terms or the investments we are considering, we are, we are offering. It's a kind of indicative offer. We can, you can call it that way as well, uh, where you list all the details of the investment structure, be it amount of money you invest, the percentage of the share of the company you take for that money and the, and the list of the rights, special minority protection rights, because typically VC investors are taking minority position within a company and there are certain protection rights that protect uh, the, the interest of the VCs within a company. And that's a term sheet. To, a, to get a term sheet takes, let's say, two, three months discussions typically and then we put put it on the paper, and it and then we start a new turn of discussions, investment discussions, uh, to to have the agreement on the term sheet. I don't say that the term sheets are are are, are concrete, or I mean, 
made of concrete so, or granite. So there is always room for discussion uh, because we have to, we, we want to agree, we have to, we want to achieve an agreement with the founders where everybody feels comfortable, convenient with the structure we agree. And if we have an agreement on the term sheet that is typically a good couple of weeks of discussions, then we go for an investment approval, in-house investment approval, and then we can start making financial due diligence, uh, legal due diligence uh, that, that verifies the assumptions, assumptions we have about the company. And then we are there with the lawyers to make the syndicate agreement. So usually how long is it? Typically, yeah. Typically, uh, an investment uh, time frame takes something like, again, at the pre-seed phase, it, typically, it takes typically three to four months. At the seed phase, it takes typically six to nine months. Well, thank you so much. Uh, unfortunately, we've run out of time. This has been a really wonderful and fascinating discussion. I'd like to thank my co-host for today, Anita Hamar. And most of all, I would like to thank you, Danesh Sluha, Investment Director at High Ventures, for this outstanding discussion. This is Theodore Boone for the Corvinus Business Intelligence Podcast, a production of the Budapest Investment Club of Corvinus University in Budapest. We leave you today with these words spoken by Benjamin Franklin. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. <laughs>